I was thinking about some of the things that we haven't covered so far on the show recently. And what helped me in my business, my training business this year, is having someone to talk to and also someone to copy, to emulate. Now, you know what a trainer is because we're trainers probably listening to this, and you probably know what coaches do. But what about mentoring? Because that's a term that I've heard used many times and sometimes interchangeably. That term, coaching, training, mentoring, they're kind of jumbled up together. But we're going to define what a mentor is. And maybe a question to ask yourself is, what does a mentor exactly do? And why would I want one for my training business? Well, it turns out that having a mentor is going to help you move forward more quickly in particular areas than you might imagine. And today I'm speaking with Kay Littlehales from Manchester in the UK. And Kay has been training for years, but has decided this year, COVID year, which inextricably in my mind is linked with COVID forever, 2020, she has decided this year that she needs mentoring for her training business. So together we're going to give you ideas of what a mentor can do for your training and facilitation business, how to find one, and how to work with them. This is episode 117 of the Training Business Podcast. Hey, and welcome to the trainingbusiness.com podcast. Every week, we bring you exciting news and interviews with training business experts and training business entrepreneurs from around the world. Thanks for tuning into today's episode. Here's your host, Mark Garrett-Hayes. Hi, my name is Mark. I'm the host of the Training Business Podcast. It's my privilege to speak to you each week. This is the show for freelance trainers, for training business owners, for training consultants just like you and me all around the world. And we have listeners from all around the world. And it's a great pleasure to know that people are listening and that they find value in the show. And the goal of this show is to help you to start to grow and to scale a profitable training business. Now, before the music, I said that we have a guest today, and her name is Kay Littlehales. Kay is someone I connected with back in 2016 on a project for a large UK media company called Virgin Media Business. And Kay has actually helped me in, in a couple of ways, but we've tried to stay in contact and it took almost two years of trying to arrange a time to have her on the show, and today we've succeeded. And what Kay will explain is that COVID has changed her perspective about her training business. She is looking for some new perspective, and a mentor is helping her. In fact, she has two mentors, whom she calls her good cop and her bad cop. I've had several micro-mentors, people who help me and mentor me in specific areas when I reach out to them for specific purposes. So today I want to give you ideas, as I said before the music, on what a mentor can do, how to find them, and how to work with them. Okay, hi, welcome to the show. Hi Mark, thank you. Looking forward to having a conversation. Yeah, we, we've been trying now for four years to speak. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we, we've been connected on LinkedIn four years, uh, 2020 right now, 2016, when we first connected. So you're a trainer just like me, you're based in the UK. Um, and I've been trying, I think, for two years to get you on the show. And I think it's just because we're both so busy. Of course, COVID has been uh, a difficult year for everyone, for people listening to. And we have, I think, 237 connections in common on LinkedIn, which is perhaps one of the highest uh, numbers I've seen in connection with other people. Um, how much of your training business comes from LinkedIn? It's a great question, actually, Mark. So I would say 80% of my 
work does actually come from LinkedIn and uh, referrals via the clients that I already have that are on LinkedIn. Yeah, because I looked at the, the profiles of people. We, we're connected to people mutually, like Miranda Kane, Steve Walker, Joy Wilson, Andrew Tilling. These are all people in our mutual networks, people who are heads of people, head of learning and development, training specialists, uh, learning and development partners, and so on. Um, how helpful has your training network, so the people we have in common, have you found that having other trainers in your network has been useful in bringing in business? Absolutely, yeah. And I think lucky enough, Mark, I mean, you and I uh, met briefly at Virgin Media Business. I think we we said hi to each other, passing one another on the corridor when you were looking after some of the digital allies work. Um, I mean, that that's a perfect example that I'd seen you on LinkedIn, but didn't realise it was yourself in the building. Um, and since meeting yourself and working in, I think I'd, I'd refer to four key organisations, um, I've acquired friends via LinkedIn, colleagues via LinkedIn, and then that's kind of the network has spread. Um, and there's quite a there's an interesting link between different people. Um, and I think obviously because I'm I'm of an age now where I've got quite a lot of experience within learning and development. You acquire your network as you go along, but they've certainly been really helpful for me um, from a mentoring perspective and also from a referral perspective, yeah. Yeah, so those are your peers, uh, people in your network. What about someone outside of your network? Is, is it time sometimes to bring in someone who sees more than you, knows more than you, and perhaps cannot see possibilities that you can see yet? And in a way, all the guests who come on the show, like UK and other people, are mentors to me, adding to my knowledge, challenging my perceptions. And as trainers, that's exactly what we do for other people. So we should be open to allowing other people to do it for us. And that's really the, to the topic that we have today, which is what is a mentor? Why would someone want a mentor as opposed to a coach or a friend, someone else who can give advice? Um, so if I think of my definition here, um, a mentor is someone whose path you wish to follow, someone whose particular success you wish to emulate. And there are two kinds of mentors to me. There's someone with whom you have an active relationship. You've met them. They know you. There's someone you consult uh, on the phone, over Zoom, face-to-face. -face. And then there's the, the kind of mentor you've never met. You've perhaps, they're not even sure you exist, but you follow their work. You, you follow their examples, their writing, their ideas, their podcasts, their books. And those kinds of mentors influence you every day because you listen to them, you follow up with them, you act upon their advice. But a coach, strictly speaking, does not impose ideas on you. A coach is someone who helps you to find the answers within you. And you may not even have the answers, but they help you to find the answers. But a mentor has the answers because they've done what you want to do. They've been where you want to go. They know a lot of what you want to know. At least the right ones do. So why don't we tackle that first of all? Why would someone who owns a training business want to work with a mentor? Really good question. Um, so I think the thing that sticks out here is what you said about the the coach is is somebody that guides you. Um, and I think from a, a mentoring perspective as a business owner, it's I think it's critical because we have an unconscious bias, of course, we all do. And I think when you're running your own business, you tend to use your mechanical brain quite significantly because we're at task mode, we're responding, we're very busy. Whereas if you've got a third person looking in that's less attached and more impartial, they'll recognise things that you don't necessarily see yourself. 
Um, so I think for anybody that has their own learning and development coaching business, I think it's a really critical part of not just your personal development, but spotting your blind spots that will help you with growth, that will help you to consider your approaches and also the perception that others are seeing about you because we, we do run at a thousand miles per hour, especially at the moment, Mark. With COVID, yeah. So I, I thought about that question myself. I thought, why would someone who owns a training business, let's say it's successful, why would they still want to work with a mentor? And I came up with three reasons. First of all, um, I think a mentor can save you time because they've achieved something you want to achieve. So therefore they've shortcut, they've a system, they've some process. And that could be something like, you know, helping you to build a brand or to create a training app, perhaps something you can't yet do. The second reason is that a mentor could increase your reach. They could introduce you to their network. They could open doors. Uh, they could foster relationships with people you need to know or would like to know, but don't yet know. And the third reason is that a good mentor, in my experience, speaking personally here, expands your mind. They, they can challenge you. They can question your assumptions. They can maybe correct your mistakes before you make them. What, what else have you found? Because you've worked with a mentor. What, what have you found are other reasons to work with a mentor? I think for me, Mark, the big thing is that they, they challenge my they challenge my decisions and my decision making. And I talk about unconscious bias quite a lot because I think it's, it's spoken about such a lot from a diversity and inclusion perspective. But I think the unconscious bias for me is raising. So my mentor, for example, I have two. I have one that is, I suppose, tough love. And then the one, the one that also listens and nudges me. So the one that gives me the tough love has raised a more conscious mind from within me. Um, and they really focus on my intrinsic factors. Um, so if you think about my primitive brain, my responses to some things that have happened in the in the past year, had I not have had a mentor, not necessarily a coach, I think I would have responded differently because it's, um, it's a diary invitation that we have. It's somebody that used to be a really senior leader that I used to work for with a manager in between us both. So this person doesn't really know me as a person and they don't really know me from a, um, a role perspective, from a professional perspective, but they know of me, which is great because it's really impartial. So for me, it's raising that extra layer of your conscious mind because I think we only run at obviously around 20% of our, of our conscious mind. And this person's really got me to think about, right, these decisions that you're making, Kay, are they really benefiting you? So you mentioned about building a brand or even, you know, saving time. For me, time's so significantly important. So now my time is spent where I always have three hours of personal development time each week. Yeah, I, th I think what you've said rings a, rings a bell in the sense that um, a coach could phrase things in a particular way, help you to break through something, but they may not have the answers because they may not have done what you're looking to do. Whereas a mentor, classically someone who's, further down the path that you want to go down. They've, they've seen things, they've learned things, they've learned, they've made mistakes. And I think that's a thing I want to learn from people is not just what to do, but what not to do. And a mentor has that. They've, they have the stripes, they have the, the, the scars. <laughs> they've almost, um, they've got battle scars. They can tell you stories, uh, you know, and the person you mentioned was, you I mean, you, meant, you mentioned someone who um, almost sounds like a good cop versus a bad cop. You've got two people. So one's a good cop 
and one's a bad cop. Is that right? Yeah, that's right, Mark. Yes, yeah. So the so for example, the way that I relate it is so the the Carol Dweck work around growth mindset. I talk about this so much. And this is something that myself and uh, my mentors have as a conversation. And we relate to this quite um, quite often. So the thing that I talk about here is Carol Dweck talks about if you've got the fixed mindset, sometimes obviously you're going to self-limit what it is that you think you're going to achieve because you're going to limit yourself from your own beliefs. Whereas at the moment, I'm, I'm studying my NLP and life coaching as well as running my own business in a pandemic. And the juggle that I was the juggling act of that has been difficult up until the last six months where I've just flown through it because I've been, in my eyes, a little bit more selfish from the coaching and the mentoring that I've had. So from the good good cop coach, so to speak, they've really, really helped me to look at my self-motivation and say, okay, so what? why do you want to finish an NLP? Why do you want to finish your life coaching? That's so I can work anywhere in the world. I already coach, but I just want the extra credibility. So for me, it's about the intrinsic motivation. It's about I'm doing this for the love as well as getting an outcome for myself and my client. Um, some of the other things that I wanted to mention, Mark, I've been also been working with a Premier League football club is I built a leadership, um, a, basically a leadership framework to support some, some really good work around a global role framework. And we looked at five key principles of um, leadership, and one of them was around um, the growth mindset. One of them was around realistic optimism, which, funnily enough, links back to some of the work that my mentor is is having with me around. It's great to be optimistic, but you also have to be realistic about it. So it's about setting objectives, but are those objectives that clear and that realistic that I'm going to achieve them, or am I just writing them? Because I think... There's a very small proportion of the world that really does write smart objectives that they're going to stick to that are probably <laughs> true. business owners. Yeah. Very true, very true. Um, so why don't we define a mentor for people listening? Because there's often a confusion, and, and it's, it's, it's an understandable confusion. People use the terms like training and coaching and mentoring interchangeably. I mean, to my mind, a mentor is someone whose past experience can help. A mentor is someone who wants to use their past to help your future. That's that's what I would say is a definition. So we're leaning on their mistakes, their lessons, their victories to actually build ours. And some business leaders running large training brands or consultancies or marketing businesses may be close to retirement. Uh, they're leaving the organization, which they've built up, but they don't want to leave the stage. They're happy to talk to you. They, they were happy to have a coffee with you. They chat to help people like you, thinking of their, their younger selves. Um, what, what are your thoughts about that? I mean, do you find that often the seniority in life or, or, or stage in life is indicative of experience that you want to lean into? Yeah, I do. And I love what you've just said there. You phrased it so well. I, I see that as a role model. So I think role modeling is something that's so underestimated. Because if you've got an excellent mentor, that person is unconsciously doing what they're doing. They're just, they're just doing it. Um, and I think, I think this, the thing that's really important here is a mentor will enable you to really consider how you attack your personal development. And a coach will often relate it to your pro- professional job performance. Um, and you know what? I, I, I sometimes challenge this, Mark, that 
often coaches, although I know a lot of good coaches like yourself and a lot of my colleagues, I have also met coaches that are quite assumptive. So I think that's where I prefer a mentor personally anyway, because I do like the tough love. The tough love is that the stuff that gets me to action, become action oriented from watching them role model, from looking at the life experience and knowing that they have that credibility. So it's not somebody that's coaching me in a, um, a processed way. It's somebody, it's not somebody that's been, trained how to coach it's somebody that's actually walked in those shoes that possibly is a really good coach as well and has the proof of the experience from their success yeah i mean if you take the, if you take pure coaching the coach is actually asking questions lots of questions to help you to build the answers and arrive at a conclusion yourself but sometimes we don't want that we just want someone to give me the answer give me the answer look i'm using this he'll say or she'll say don't do that do it this way and that's the call and that's enough mentoring isn't it that's you don't you don't need to hold half hour of of going through the grow model you just want someone to say no don't do that damn thing now just do this and i'm a big fan of uh, of cn you know did you watch the prophet uh, with marcus lemonis on cnbc I've not watched that yet. Uh, yeah, it's really good. He basically is a multimillionaire. He finds failing businesses, and in exchange for equity, he bails them out. Um, he's, you know, no BS. He just goes in and tells people, uh, that's that's rubbish, that's good. Uh, take away that, get rid of this, do this. That's mentoring, in a way. Coaching could just sit down and take half an hour to ask you something, and you don't still don't know the answers. Uh, but the prophet is an example of someone who really mentors where things actually get results. Um, and I think that following COVID, a lot more people are going to need mentoring. Was there something in the past year which made you realize, because of COVID perhaps, I need to get mentoring? I need to get someone to actually look at my uh, business and give me fresh perspective? Yeah, absolutely. The biggest thing was um, I lost two of my biggest clients, which was was really concerning because I just became fully self-employed at that time. I was part-time self-employed prior to this. And funnily enough, Mark, it was a week before the um, the first lockdown of the pandemic. And I, I, because I like the no-nonsense approach, um, I've done some I've done some incredible work with Code Nation, and their former CEO, uh, Code Nation. Code Nation. Yeah, Code Nation. Great um, company that run apprenticeships for junior developers. And their previous CEO, Andy Lord, um, I've always spent time with him when I've been in the business. And I've met him occasionally and he has become my mentor and my coach. He's no nonsense. He's unreal when it comes to storytelling. And the thing that I get from Andy is he tells me a story very subtly. (laughs) And at the end of the story, I've been coached. I've been mentored because what he's very good at is listening and then he gets me to harness an outsider mindset. And he gets me to harness, okay, how are other people seeing UK? How do you want to be seen? When I'm approaching people, he's got me to shift from, okay, when I sometimes offer free work as part of a reciprocative agreement um, to then formalise some kind of contract, sometimes I've not been as explicit as what I should have been. So he had a coaching and a mentoring session with me around be more explicit in your standards. Tell people what you want from them. And you know what? It's worked because I'm more relaxed about doing it. But because Andy does it in a less prescriptive way, he gets me to really think about it in a relatable way. And I think mentoring is also about relatability, whereas sometimes you won't get that from coaching. 
Yeah, I found that too. I mean, I've I've been through coaching sessions where someone is very good at helping me to find the answers within me. Um, and that's what great coaches do. They've been trained to ask questions using appreciative inquiry, appreciative inquiry, uh, but they might, may not have the answers and they, they're relying upon me recognizing the answers. Whereas a mentor can say very succinctly, what you're thinking of, I've tried that, it's not going to work, here's why. And they give you the answers directly. And I think that's a fundamental difference. So if we said, how do you select a mentor? For people listening to this, where do they begin? I think the first thing you could do is to open your address book and say, whom do I know that I want to learn from? Whose example I appreciate? Whose success I would like to emulate? And maybe ask for an introduction, find someone in the network. How did you come across your two mentors? Was it a simple just knock on the door or had you to get some kind of referral? So I um, ran an event. It was about um, the resilience principles in the Northern Quarter. And I was running an event and my now mentor was there in the audience. And we we were speaking about um, the downfall of over-dependence from coaching. I was talking about people shouldn't rely on you as a coach. And we were having this conversation and I was talking about the book um, by Michael Bungay, Stania, The Coaching Habit. I love that book. Michael was actually on the show uh, this year. Really? What a guy. He's, I've read his book three times. And the thing that sticks out for me, Mark, apart from the seven essential questions, is that he talks about the talent code quite a lot. He talks about the hot spots of certain skills, such as Brazil is football, soccer, Moscow's women's tennis and it, it talks about the how and why that happens anyway at the end of this conversation um, I was approached by this person and we just connected in a different way from her being my previous senior leader and um, we caught up we had a great conversation and then I told this person my ideas about my business and we speak so regular but it's it's the most heartwarming the most productive conversation that I have um, very much like the one that I have with Andy Lord as, as well, because that person really gets me to think about what I'm capable of doing, but they don't do it in that prescriptive way. So for me, a very long-winded way of saying how I how I would go about selecting a mentor that was lucky. That was that was sheer luck and timing. But for me, I think I would definitely use LinkedIn as a platform because I mentor quite a few people at university now, and there's a there's um an app on LinkedIn that allows them to search for one um, on LinkedIn. That's a really good thing that I've just discovered. And I, I do like helping people. The other thing that I've just set up as well, Mark, is I've set up a mentorship with Code Nation this morning because you triggered me yesterday from having a conversation with me. And I spoke to a bunch of people. There were 16 people on a Zoom workshop this morning. And I said, to them based upon last week's conversation. How many of you have got mentors and coaches then now? Just as an assumptive question, knowing probably that most of them wouldn't have actioned what we decided to do last week, which was get a mentor. Mm -hmm. And they all said, well, how do I go about it? So what we're doing is, it's a bit of a proof of concept for you, this as well, is they're going to choose the name. They're going to choose the name of the mentorship. They're going to put together the purpose of it and why they want a mentorship and then I'm going to help them promote it on LinkedIn and get them some really good mentors so they're kind of using me from a sense of my network 
and then I'm getting them to really think about the co-creation of what do they really want to achieve from it. Um, yeah. So I think that that's quite a, a practical way of doing it via um, a working group, so to speak. So it's almost like a working group of people. Yeah, I mean, you you could you you may know a mentor if you're listening to this. You may know a mentor. Um, I have come across very few people who would describe themselves as mentors. That's interesting. Um, they may be described by other people as a mentor. So perhaps unwittingly, unknowingly, they are mentors. And I find conversely that if someone does push themselves as a mentor, I'm less likely to want them somehow. I almost want people who are hard to get. I almost want people who haven't got time. They're busy. Um, that, to my mind, just makes a better mentor because they're doing the thing. They're not just talking about the thing. I love what you just said there. So somebody that sticks out like a sore thumb for me on LinkedIn is Dave Bolton, David Bolton, who um, has been dealing with cancer. He talks in education. He has several talks in education. That guy's positivity is, un- positivity is unreal. And, and that kind of stuff is infectious. And I think that type of mentor, as you've just described there, is somebody I would love in my life because I think, I mean, look at the shoes that he's walking at the moment and yet he's been extremely positive and he's being, he's great for the network because how can you argue with someone that's dealing with that and he's getting up out of bed every day and, you know, doing a fantastic job and, and demonstrating clearly that he's got more than just a positive mindset. There's a good toolkit for life there. Um, but yeah, I agree with you. I like what you've just said there. I, I, I tend to like the the people that are really busy <laughs> that possibly haven't got time for me, but they make the time because you know that it's incredibly important to them and you. Yeah. So it's got to be someone who can't just do it, but that they want to do it. And strangely enough, I find if they don't want to do it, uh, that that's almost conf- confirmation that they're the right person because y- you can find someone all too easily on a range of sources, but you want someone actually who's so productive, they can help you to be productive. It, it kind of makes sense. If, if I find someone's just too easily available, I really question their value. Uh, and I've said this before on other episodes, if you're available anytime for anyone, for any reason, it sets kind of question marks in people's heads. Well, if you're available, why are you charging these things? Yeah. I want someone who's actually hard to get. That, that's what makes you valuable. Besides your knowledge. The other option which I've found in the past um, is a website called Clarity FM. That's C-L-A-R-I-T-Y, like Clarity, dot F-M. Now, it's been around a few years. Um, It's been a year, it's been two years actually since I used it, putting my hand up here. But I found a guy, he charged $25 a minute, which is not cheap. But um, I knew who he was before he knew of me. And I checked him out and I wanted this guy. And it just so happened I found him on Clarity. Now, word of caution here, what Clarity FM is really is a, a place where people can make themselves available for remote advice. Um, you will find some people available for, say, $1.67 a minute. Um, but there are people who are really good. And there's there are some surprising names on there, some really big names. Um you can check them out. But what I like actually is what I call micro-mentoring is that sometimes I don't want, let's say, a whole three months with these people. I just want mentoring and time. So I've got a particular issue or a question, say, about, uh, let's say, lead pages or click funnels or something I use for marketing. And then someone else would be appropriate for, say, um, landing page design or, I don't know, maybe audio stuff. So I work with a guy called Charlie in Australia, to do with the podcast, a guy called James in Australia. For some reason, Australia keeps coming up. No idea why. James uh, in Australia for um, some business mentoring. And um, the prices vary, 
but you, you just have them for enough time to solve a particular issue, uh, decide a few things, and that's it. So that's another option is that you will find places like Clarity FM, which have pages and pages and pages of people. And you can look at things like marketing, technology, branding, sales, and find someone, check out their profile. Um, it sets up a conversation with them. And then you make that call. The system bills you for that micro-mentoring session. And that's it. And it's up to you what you do with that uh, thing. But there's some really interesting people on there. Um, the fourth option is to use local enterprise networks. Um, now, the the tricky thing with this to be careful of is that sometimes the people who, let's say, take public money and they have... Um, they have the, the job of, of connecting mentors with people who are looking to start businesses or grow businesses, is sometimes they're not very selective. And you'll get people who actually are trainers in disguise who may not have done what you want them to do, but they're, they're selling a product, which could be five hours of this program. So you've got the danger of someone selling you mentoring dressed up or training dressed up as mentoring. You need to be very clear about the experience you want, um, the achievements you want that person to have accomplished and have a good reason as to why. Because very often, in my I've done this three times, by the way, twice on two occasions, I've been landed with someone who's really even more junior than me. And, and I say this with humility because I don't want to, you know, insult someone, but they're wasting my time if, if they can't help me with answers. And I have direct questions which need direct answers. The fifth um, suggestion I have is for people listening, why not, and I think you alluded to this, Kay, which is to be a mentor for a while. Um, there are plenty of organizations looking for people just like us as trainers who you never know you could be a difference to. You could help them in some way that you perhaps don't yet value or realize. Yes. Yeah. I love that. I think, I mean, the mentoring that I've done, it's happened, it's happened by accident. But now it's 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 quite purposeful. It's, it has intent now. And funnily enough, on the back of some of the mentoring that I've been doing with some of my clients that have, that have basically come onto some of my workshops and then I, I do the mentoring or the coaching afterwards, I'm actually going to be deli delivering this week, in fact, tomorrow, for the Greater Manchester High Growth Network. Oh, wow. With the wonderful Tony Hayen. He, um, Tony was referred to me from a colleague that I did some work for. Um, I put together an agenda and I'm supporting Tony's agenda around leadership and unconscious bias. And also we're looking at the growth mindset, which, you know, I always I talk about such a lot, Mark. I know, I heard you. <laughs> Interestingly, because you, you said growth mindset um, when we spoke yesterday for the first time in a while, but um, a guy called Trevor Reagan uh, was on a few weeks ago. He was on the show. And um, he, when you type in growth mindset into YouTube, I think his videos come up in first, second, maybe third or fourth as well. Right. Um, take a look at that. And I hadn't heard that phrase so much, but it's interesting you've mentioned it. He's a he's the Mr. Growth Mindset. And that, I think, was two episodes ago. But what you've mentioned there actually is very interesting, is the fact that there's some kind of symbiotic thing here. Um, to be a mentor, or rather to be mentored, you almost have to mentor. To to want to train people, you actually have to be willing to be trained. So if you're if you want to know what good mentoring is, perhaps you should be a mentor for a while and find out where you're helpful. And maybe that's indicative of the qualities you need to look for when trying to find a mentor that's for you. What, what would you say, just in, in finally wrapping up here, um, is there a time when you think you need to bring a mentor in and is there a time when you don't need a mentor? 
I would suggest that, and that is an excellent question. I've never been asked that before. Me personally, I think I tend to always benefit from having a mentor always. Um, I find that a lot of people have a mentor when it's suggested to them and it's less it's less proactive. But I think for me personally, and, and witnessing what I've seen, especially over the last 12 months, I think mentoring is just vital and so underestimated. So in answer to your question, I think um, continuous. It's a I relationship, it's, isn't it? It's a relationship. It's lifelong learning. Yeah. Yeah, so you could have a, a person with whom you speak regularly, perhaps once a month or something, grab a coffee, sit down. It need not be anything very formal or structured. But um, then you've got micro-mentoring, which is that that process of just solving particular problems in time. And, and there's, there's the resource I mentioned, Clarity FM, is something I've used three times. Some people are very expensive, others not so. Um, but it, you could check people out on LinkedIn and then see if they're on clarity.fm. And if not, something else I've done in the past, a colleague of mine as well has done this, literally connect with someone on LinkedIn and say, hey, I, I love what you're doing. Perhaps not using these words, but I love what you're doing. And um, I'm trying to do X. And I would be super grateful if you could just spare me 10 minutes just to give me some direction. I'm not looking for a job. I'm not looking to sell you anything. But often people will appreciate the fact that someone appreciates their achievements and you never know where that leads. Just a quick coffee could change your whole view of what you do and the people you serve with your training business. I absolutely agree with that sentiment. So um, I'm not sure if you've heard of Manchester Digital. Uh, No, I haven't. No. What is that? They're great. So basically, it's a membership organisation that supports tech and digital um, for a number of reasons. And, and they're very so professional in what they do. The support that they've offered people during the pandemic this year has been unreal. So they, they ran an event for supporting employability, basically, about two months ago. And I spoke at the event. Um, we, we discussed resilience and we discussed imposter syndrome and there were around about 500 people on those um on those virtual um workshops and i had about 26 emails at the end of just one of them uh, mainly women trying to work in tech because obviously there's less ladies in tech and funnily enough most of them had been made redundant and i met up with four of them I never even thought about this for this conversation. I met up with four of them um, over the past few weeks just to do a bit of mentoring and coaching with them, more more, more so mentoring. And two of them have gone into tech. And one of them was a marketeer and one of them was a solicitor. Um, And then, funnily enough, I've just spoken to another former solicitor today that's working at Code Nation that's totally changed the direction on the back of watching the Manchester Digital, which had mentors actually on the actual workshops and they've seeked advice afterwards. But that just proves the point, Mark, that there's no age limit to, to learning. These ladies, for example, they were both of them in, in the late 40s and just said, mm-hmm. you know what, it's not just about earning money. I want something that fulfills me. So the yeah. mentorship is really good for the personal development part of it. Yeah, if you, if you, you might like to listen to the episode with Yota Trum, Back in June, yeah, Yota began, she was a guest on the show back in June, and she began the Women in Tech Club, I think, um, and it's been really successful. She now has a chapter in, in Amsterdam. She's currently in Greece, um, and she's, 
I think coming back to London soon. But um, yeah, it's amazing how many people out there are, are in need of mentorship. And if you can, as listening to this, find some way to give something, pay it forward to people, uh, make yourself available, perhaps to younger people who who actually may value things that you just don't even think are valuable because you just do them with ease. Uh, you never know how that could actually build relationships. I even th- thought of uh, helping out with the Princess Trust about three or four years ago. There's no shortage of people looking for mentors. And um, if you can figure out how you can give to other people and help them, you never know where this comes back to you. So by all means, look for a mentor, but also think of being a mentor. Kay, thank you so much for being my guest today on the show. It's a fascinating topic. We could talk for a long time about this, but um, thank you again for your tips. Yeah, thank you, Mark. It's been a pleasure. Take care. Thank you. My thanks to Kay Littlehales from Manchester in the UK today for being our guest on the show, for being honest about how she feels a mentor can help her training business. It's certainly something that, as you've heard, I can echo. I'm quite open to saying that there are times when I've not had a clue as to what to do and I've reached out to people and they've been very helpful. So a mental relationship is something which may help you and it's something I think which you will give thought to following today's episode. Something else on the topic of mentoring is perhaps the idea of having a board member or some kind of board which helps you to build relationships and build business opportunities which you could not do on your own. And that's, I think, a topic we'll have a separate episode of the show on at some point in the future. It just remains for me now to say thank you for your time today. Thank you for tuning in. May I ask you to subscribe to the show because this helps other people to find the show and helps those people with their training business journey. You've got some great ideas for episodes and content So please keep those coming. My email address is mark at trainingbusiness.com. As I said, you'll find the podcast online on a range of podcast platforms, some of which include Apple, Stitcher, Spotify, and many, many more. But until next week, and it's nearly the end of the year as we approach uh, the final part of 2020, please look after yourself, stay safe, and keep on training. See you next Thursday. Bye for now. once more for listening to this episode of the trainingbusiness.com podcast. Go to trainingbusiness.com and subscribe right now to be notified of great competitions, upcoming VIP episodes, and amazing special offers to help you succeed in your training business. See you next time.